Thank you for joining us here on the Bowling Green Christian Church Podcast. Our mission is to love God, encourage our community, serve those in need, and share the good news of Jesus. You can find out more about how we do this on our website at BowlingGreenChristian.org. It is our prayer that the following message encourages you as you take your next step in faith. So this morning I woke up and had, I don't know, it was allergies or a little cold starting, and then I got here and had some confusion about who was teaching the class, and there was nobody in there, and then I stepped in the baptistry wearing these pants. I don't know what kind of morning you've had, but mine's going to get better, I believe, has God ever showed up in a weird and unexpected way? So I was unwrapping a cough drop. Hang with me. This is really what it says. You've survived tougher. It says, don't give up on yourself. And then it says, the show must go on. Or work. I'm going to leave it up here because I know some of you are like, it doesn't say that. It does. Right there. After church, you come see that. Hey, today we're finishing up a series called Sacred Pathways. Uh, if you've been with us, you know that what we've been doing is following along through uh, Gary Thomas's book uh, titled Sacred Pathways, and we've been looking at the different ways that each of us connects with God. And so if you're just sort of joining us um, Next week, we're going to start a whole new series uh, called Lent, Leave Everything Not Transformed. And through that series, we are going to be following Moses' footsteps in the desert and the way that his life was transformed by the desert, by meeting God in the desert. And what are the, the lessons that perhaps we can learn? What are the things that we need to leave behind if we're going to step into the kind of life that God is calling us to live? And so I'm super excited about that series to start next week. But today, we're going to wrap up this series here. Um, I've enjoyed the feedback that I've got from so many of you uh, as we've gone through this series. You have stopped me and you've said, you know, it is so good to know that I can connect with God in this way. It's good for me to know that I can connect with God in a way that's different. I thought, you know, I thought everybody had to do it just kind of just like this, you know, sit in a Sunday school class and that, but now I'm, I'm hearing that I can connect with God in a different way, and it's been refreshing for you, and I'm so glad for that. Uh, again, if you're just joining us, I would encourage you to go. Uh, you can use the app, uh, go on Sundays, that little tab there, scroll down to the podcast, and that will um, let you get caught up on the series. But we've talked about nine different spiritual pathways. One is the naturalist, the person that connects with God in nature. We have uh, talked about the sensate, the person who wants to be surrounded by the witness of God in art, architecture, or music, traditionalists who want to be surrounded by God through a timeless and ancient order, the ascetics who want to be lost in the work of prayer and really kind of left alone, the activists who want to be lost in God's work of justice, Uh, we've talked about caregivers, um, enthusiasts who want to be joined with God through celebration and mystery, the contemplatives who want to spend time just adoring God quietly, and then the intellectuals who want to be joined with God through study. Um, And I just go through those super fast because um, I want you to know and hear that there's so many different ways that God has wired us to connect with Him. But today we're going to wrap up the series by really talking about the so what of the whole 
uh, sacred pathway. Um, some of you maybe go, all right, so now I'm renewed. What, what do I do with that? You know, so now I, I know the way that I connect with God best. What do I do with that? You know, is it just that way I can be enlightened? Is it just that way I can be renewed and, and just know that I feel good with God? Um, no, the answer is no, that's not what it is. We are renewed in Christ to serve Christ. We are renewed in the power of the Holy Spirit so that way we would work with the Holy Spirit to take that story of Jesus to people who have not heard that story yet. Now, I want to look at a passage here written by one of Jesus' closest disciples and friends, a man by the name of Peter, who was an eyewitness of all of Jesus' life, of his death, of his resurrection. And he writes this letter to a church, and, and it's here that he encourages the church to really start to um, take ownership of their faith life. And for some of you, this might be really relevant. You know, you've, you've come to faith in Jesus Christ, and yet you just, you're just kind of being guided, and you're not taking ownership of it. And so today with Say Yes Sunday, not only do we want you to serve, but we want you to sort of take ownership of what you're going to do in your faith. Uh, I, let's just start with this simple premise here that Peter will give us. It's this. It's that Jesus has provided everything we need to live out our faith. Jesus has provided us everything we need to live out our faith. Here's how Peter writes about this. He says, His divine power has given us, say that word with me, everything. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Other translations will say for life and godliness. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Peter's saying, listen, before we get talking about serving, before we get talking about doing stuff, just realize that Jesus has provided everything that you need. He goes on, he says, through these, through Jesus, through this knowledge, he has given us his great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Peter is letting us know that our eternity is provided for in Jesus our ability to be obedient is provided for in Jesus, and our ability to resist temptation is provided for in Jesus. Do you see what's happening there? It's, there's the corruption in the world, but Peter says you're not interested in the corruption of the world if your hope is set on those great and precious promises. So when we start to think about the stuff that maybe holds us back and drags us back, and we start to think about what we have in Jesus Christ, it, it sort of sets us free to, to live that godly life that Peter is talking about. Uh, Jesus has given us all that we need for our spiritual life, and He's done that through the power of the Holy Spirit. How many moms do we have in here right now? Moms, how many of you have your mom purse with you? All right, great. Yeah, a few of you. I mean, if you're ever going to be stranded on a desert island, you know, that question is like, what do you want to take with you? You want to bring a mom or just her purse with you, you know, because if you're like, man, I'm thirsty, she reaches in and there's either a juice box, a Capri Sun or a bottle of water. It's just waiting there for you. You know, I'm hungry. There's granola bars in there. You know, ow, I cut myself. Oh, that's okay. I've got band-aids. You know, I've got a bit of a headache. Oh, I've got Advil in here. Um, you know, uh, it's kind of bright. I've got sunscreen. You know, my hands are sticky. I've got wet wipes and, you know, that alcohol gel hand sanitizer. What do you want? Everything you could possibly need is in one of those, those purses. It's just waiting there for you. And as I think about our faith, you know, we kind of laugh about that, but like really everything you need is provided for through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, when we talk about that, talk about getting equipped, you know, looking the part, I think we maybe miss something in our culture to today. Um, I, I don't want to be insensitive, but I don't know if you've noticed, there's this rise of people wearing athletic wear, um, you know, ath- I think they call it now athleisure, so that way you don't have to be athletic, it can be leisure or athletic, it's ath- really they're opposed, if you think about it, athleisure, but you've got the athletic wear, but, but listen, I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but just because you wear running shorts, it doesn't make you a runner, okay? <laughs> just because you wear yoga pants doesn't make you a yoga master, okay? Just because you wear the ball cap for your favorite team, it doesn't mean you're on the team, okay? Just because you got LeBron's shoes on your feet doesn't mean that you're going to take LeBron on in a game. You may look the part, and you might have your mom purse and all the supplies you need, but you aren't the person yet. You're not that person yet. Why? It's because all you've done is put everything in on the outside, but you've done nothing on the inside. Are you tracking with me? There's a transformation that has to happen on the interior. If you're going to play basketball with LeBron and stand a chance, you're going to have to train. You're going to have to work out. If you're going to wear the running shorts and you're going to compete, you're going to have to start to run. And as you do, there are things that are going to happen inside of your body that is going to make a change. And that's that transformation. Now, when we talk about Jesus providing us everything we need, we're not saying that Jesus sort of gives us, you know, the shorts or gives us the uniform or gives us the supply bag. What we're actually saying is that Jesus transforms us on the inside, that he actually comes and makes us more like him. That in Christ, the the verse that Peter just wrote there and that we read, it says that we have become, well, here, I've got it right here. We have become participants in the divine nature. Do Do you get this right here? Participate in the divine nature. This right here, this is letting us know that we are now actually connected with God, that we are connected through Christ, and that the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And so the Spirit is inside of us, and the very Spirit that empowered Jesus to do the miracles and to come back from the dead, that same Spirit is inside of me and you. Whether or not you wear a Christian t-shirt does not matter, but we are being transformed through our participation in the divine nature, that we are becoming more and more like Jesus. And so when Jesus said he's going to build his church and the gates of hell are not going to stand against it, he's not saying that it's because we look the part or we've got the supplies, but that because he is inside of us and that we are participants of the divine nature. And so we can stand up against the devil. We can stand up against injustice. We can stand up against the very gates of hell because of who is inside of us. We have been transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. It's not because you and I have what it takes. It's because Jesus has what it takes, and he's given it to us. Jesus has provided us with everything we need to live out our faith. And we grow in that faith when we serve in love. 
Now, I know there's a temptation for us on Say Yes Sunday and other Sundays when we ask for people to, you know, serve and volunteer, we start to go, well, this is all about us filling spaces. You know, we, we need people to do certain jobs, and that's sort of a, a, a piece of what it means to sort of work together as a church. And that is true. But I really want you to hear this. I believe firmly from my own life experience that you will never grow and mature in your faith until you serve. And I think scripture tells us that. And so really, I don't want anything from you, and our ministry coordinators don't want anything from you. We want everything for you. We want you to grow in your faith, and we know that you will not grow in your faith until you serve with your faith. Like I mentioned a few Sundays ago, we have a spiritual obesity problem in America. People go to church that way they can get fed, and they just get fed, and they get fed, and they get fed, and they get fed, but they don't do anything with those spiritual calories. It's time for us to do something with those. We grow in our faith when we serve in our faith. It's a shame that, you know, really, we kind of get into this idea that, you know, faith, it unlocks the power of God, and we tap into that, you know, as we are baptized into Christ, we identify with His death, burial, and resurrection, we get the power of that Holy Spirit that comes into us, and then we kind of go, well, that's it, and we just stop there, and and people talk about your, you know, your faith, and you go, well, that's something I did. You know, I've done that. You know, I got baptized. I'm good. But the, the truth is you just got started. If that's all you've done, then you've just got started. You've just been born into Christ. You know, it's a tragedy, we would say, in the physical world when a child is born but can't mature enough to feed themselves or to speak or to walk we would say that that's a tragedy, that that child never matures and grows, and yet there are so many Christians who are born into Jesus Christ, but never learn to feed themselves spiritually. They can't open up their Bible, they can't pray, they can't do the things that they need to do to feed their own souls. There are Christians, and maybe some of you are here, that, that you've never learned to walk. You've never learned to do anything. You've never learned to sort of stand up for your faith and go someplace where they need to see and experience the love of Jesus Christ, and you've never learned to walk. Some of you have never learned to speak the name of Jesus Christ, and you've never learned to tell somebody about the power of Jesus and what he's done in your life. And I know that because you never even invited somebody to church, much less invited them to know who Jesus is. Friends, we will never grow in our faith until we use our faith, until we start to mature in it and serve in it. Here's how Peter would describe this. He says, for this very reason, he says, make every effort. This is an active word. He says, this is your part. Jesus has done his part. Jesus has done for you what you could not do for yourself. Now it's time for you to make every effort to do what? To add to your faith. That's the, the virtue that unlocks the power of God, that connects us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. What is goodness? It's virtue. It's godliness. It's a life of virtue. It's something that, that, that makes a life look valuable. Now, he's going to list a few virtues here. And before we get too far on this, I want you to understand, these aren't like, uh, as Warren Wiersbe says, these aren't beads that you sort of slide on a string and connect together. It's more like a telescope. Out of faith comes goodness. Out of goodness will come knowledge. Out of knowledge will come self-control. It's more like a telescope. It, it expands, and they all grow from each other. That's how the life of faith works. And Peter says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, uh, virtue in life. Why is that? So that way your life looks different. So that way your life looks valuable. So that way when people look at your life, they go, man, there is something about your life that I think I would like to have in my life. Listen, you're the only Jesus that some people will ever see. 
And so it's maybe no wonder why nobody from your work comes to church with you because, you know, you cut the same corners as they do and you, you know, fudge your numbers just the same way that they do. And they're going, well, you know, your life doesn't look any more valuable or different than mine. You know, your boyfriend or girlfriend may not come to church with you because they can't tell you're a Christian by the way that you sleep with them. You know, your friends may not come to church with you and may see value in your faith because you cut down on everybody that you know the same way they do. Your life doesn't have the value that Peter's calling us to add. He says, add to your faith goodness. Add value to it. To that goodness, add knowledge. What is this knowledge? It is the ability to discern right from wrong, to look at something and to know, you know what is inherently good or inherently evil. I will tell you, you will not get this right all the time. But we will grow in knowledge as we try. Peter says, just grow in knowledge. Start to be discerning what is good, what is not. To that we add self-control, where we start to live in accordance with this knowledge. We don't just know what's good and what's wrong. We actually live according to it. We control our bodies, and we control ourselves, and we control our impulses, and we control our mouths, and we say, you know what, I don't, just because I can say it doesn't mean I should. Just because I can do it doesn't mean that I should. And we start to exercise self-control. Peter will go on. To self-control, add perseverance. This is my favorite virtue because it lets us know that we're not going to get it right. Okay, you will fail in self-control. You will, you will have times where you lapse in your faith, and you're going to have times where you don't live up the kind of life that you would like to live up to. The question isn't, are you going to sin and are you going to fail? The question is, are you going to get back up when it's over? Are you going to start again with Jesus Christ? Are you going to say, you know what, we made a mistake, but we're going to move forward? Are you going to persevere in your faith? Are you going to try again? To perseverance, we add godliness This really is actually back to the beginning. It's a dependency upon God. It all starts in Jesus. Jesus has provided us everything we need for life and godliness. And Peter right here reminds us again that we need that godliness. In other words, we need that dependence upon Jesus Christ because we can't do it on our own. To this, we add mutual affection. In other words, we treat each other with kindness and it all gets wrapped up in love as we serve each other, which is what we're celebrating today, really. This idea that we serve each other with love, that we show that love to others and communicate that love to others as we tell the story of Jesus. And when we serve in this way, we grow in our faith. And not only that, we also become more confident of heaven. You know, serving in love, it's what makes us confident of heaven. Now, I want to be clear that you don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that because you serve, you go to heaven, that because you serve and you do what is right, that you earn your place in heaven. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that we serve in love, and we serve in love because we are confident in heaven, and as we serve in love, we start to to grow in that confidence because we realize that that life we're looking forward to is actually starting right now that we're starting to experience the fullness of Christ as we start to, to, to grow in those virtues, as we make every effort to, to, to live the kind of life that Peter has just described, we become more and more confident of our own salvation. Peter goes on, he says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see what Peter is saying? He's saying, listen, if you know something but you don't do something, then it's ineffective and unproductive. You've got to put what you know into action. You've got to put what you know to do to practice. 
He goes on, he says, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. I want to pause here just for a second. Peter says, listen, maybe part of the reason why you don't feel motivated to serve in love is you are nearsighted and blind. You have forgotten that you've been cleansed from your past sin. You forget how desperately you need the grace of Jesus Christ. He says, if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, it's sad but often a Christian becomes less effective the longer they're in the church. They, they, they know less people that are outside of the church, and, and they start to realign their friendship groups, and they don't make intentional efforts to connect with people that are far from Jesus Christ. I, I've met a lot of Christians also who've served in church, and then we say, hey, you know, we need some help. The response is this, well, I've already done that. You know, I'm done now. I did my part. I did my tour of duty. I did my time. And now I'm just going to sort of sit and enjoy. I I love what Erwin McManus says. He says there's two kinds of people that go to church, people that love what the church does for them and the people who love the church. How can you tell which you are? Well, the people who love what the church does for them, they just take and you just enjoy. And let me tell you, we exist you know, to love our neighbors. And so if that's you, and maybe you've never even matured to the place where you can, you know, do something with your faith, that's fine. We're glad to give. We're not here to take. We are here to give. But you can tell if you're somebody who loves the church by what you put into it, by the service you give, by the way that you give and contribute and invest in the work of the church. Friends, that comes from what we do. That, that's how we start to, to see value in the church and in ministry and in our life. And Peter's reminding us, listen, the longer you do this, you can't ever forget where you've come from. You can't ever forget that at one point in time, you were lost and far from Jesus Christ, and you needed somebody to tell you about his love. So don't become complacent just because you've enjoyed the comfort of the presence of Jesus Christ for a long time. Serving in love, it makes us confident of heaven. There's an old song. I like the words of it. It says, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And it's true in any relationship, you know, the longer we're together, the the deeper and richer our relationship is. You know, maybe this morning you met somebody for the very first time here at church. If I were to ask you, are you going to be good friends with them in 10 years? You probably would say, I don't even know that we'll be good friends in like 10 minutes. As a matter of fact, I kind of already forgot their name. But even if you did know their name and you've only known them for a day or two, you'd probably say, I, you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But let's say you've got a friend that you've been friends with for 10 years, and I say, are you going to be friends for another 10 years? Then you could probably answer with great confidence, yeah, we've been through a lot. We're going to be through a lot more. The same thing's true in our relationship with Jesus Christ. The more we serve, the more we invest, the longer we walk with him, the more confident we grow in our faith. That's what serving does. Why should you serve? Well, you should serve so that way you could grow in your faith. You should serve so that way you can show your love to Jesus Christ. You should serve so that way you would become more confident of your salvation. All of these things are byproducts. They're blessings. They're gifts that we receive as we serve. And so I guess what I want to challenge you to today, and Robin will come out later and give us some instructions, but what I really want to challenge you to today is to to do something with your faith to do something with that. And if you're going, I don't even know what that might be. That's what this is about. 
We've got all this set up in the back. Love for you to just stop by those, those, those walls, check out what ministry areas you could get connected with, what you could, could, could be involved with and how you might serve. And I think as you see all the different ways that we've got opportunities, that you'll find that there's something that connects with that specific person that you are, that uses your specific gift set, and that allows you to grow in your faith. Listen, I want that for you. I can tell you that my faith grows the more I serve Jesus Christ. And I know that you'll experience the same thing. I, I want to pray real quick, and as the worship team comes out here. God, I thank you so much for the way that you have given us the opportunity to serve, Lord. And, and, and you've done that, God, so that way we could become confident in our faith. You've done that, Lord, so that way we could grow in our faith as we put into practice the truth that we've learned. Lord, you've given us the ability to serve so that we could become more like Jesus. Scripture tells us that, that even though he was one who could be served for all of eternity, he put all that aside so that way he could come to the earth and serve us. God, when we serve, we follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, for every person that's here today, as, as they make a commitment to do something with their faith, to do something in their faith, God, would you meet them there and would you grow their faith and would they be able to see in a very real way, God, the blessings that they experience from serving you. God, the longer we serve you, the sweeter we, you grow. And we thank you for that. That's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. When you're ready to take the next step on your faith journey, visit our website at BowlingGreenChristian.org and find more information about service times and other programming for both adults and children. Thank you again and have a blessed day.